0: This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. After all, they're just wrestling, right? Woo! We'll break your bones! We'll grind you into your We'll turn your faces off!
1: It's time to take out
2: the trash on Turnbuckle Trash. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. Without further ado, Allow me to present the newest sensation of the entertainment world
1: Zane Peterson. Well, he's doing really, really well blocking those punches with his face. Dave Denton. A mindless eating machine.
0: Ready, master control? Ready,
1: switch on. This is Turnbuckle Trash. I'm taking the trash out. Hi, everyone. It's time for another edition of Turnbuckle Trash. This edition of Trash is going to be a lot about Hell in the Cell. Uh, coming up a little bit later on Chris on the mat we talk about his uh, his take on hell in the cell but right now joining us Mr. Zane Oh, Zane how you doing my friend well,
3: You know this time I didn't fall off the top of hell in the cell so I'm feeling a lot better
1: Yeah <laughs> I bet you Did you, you know do, that, man. That, was, that was one Did year. you
3: know that there's actually been different hell in the cells over the years like some of them have been different like the one that Mankind got choke slammed through was was a shorter one and, no, I did you know, they know said that. it wasn't as tall as the one that Shane jumped off of, and this is the first time the Hell Cell has been red.
1: Yeah, uh, Chris mentions that uh, he's wondering if it's all because Stephanie McMahon loves red. Everything is red right now, so. Well. Do you think that uh, that would cause a problem seeing it inside the arena? I never thought about that. I don't know. I was thinking about that, watching it. Uh, maybe did with, you notice something when
3: when, uh, when Dolph and them were climbing up? Did you notice the little holes cut in the cell for footholds and stuff?
1: I certainly <laughs> did. <That> was
3: awesome. <laughs> it was more noticeable yeah, with that, that red yeah, cell. It was, it was, but yeah, I saw a thing that said that the one that mankind got choke slammed through and stuff was was shorter, and then the one that. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker fought in, they said that like uh, if you go back and watch the match, there's some of the moves like suplexes and stuff, Shawn Michaels' feet actually touch the top of the cell. So, but I mean, you think though, I mean, if Undertaker's, you know, what, six, almost seven feet and Shawn Michaels is six.
1: Yeah, six, nine. Shawn Michaels is over
3: six feet. I mean, 12 feet tall and they can touch the the roof, so you think a 12 foot ceiling's big, but when you got two big guys like that,
1: you know. So and that came into play a little bit during the uh, the first Hell in the Cell match with uh, uh, with Randy Orton and also with uh, Jeff Hardy. Oh, uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a segment where Jeff uh, pulled up a ladder, and then it looked like he was going to kind of straddle the ladder and uh, jump yeah, over. The yeah, ladder so on to Randy short. Orton, and it was too short. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. did Did that Did that match just kind of scream a little bit of a hint of Attitude Era to you?
1: Oh man, I loved that match, and I didn't think I would. I thought it, I. It was the match of the night oh. for me. It opened up the event, and I thought it was. Did when he
3: stuck that screwdriver in his ear? There's no damn way that can't kill, right? I mean, I mean, if, if you ever had you, I'm sure you've had your earlobes pinched before, like you know, like when you were a kid or something, your mom grabbed your earlobe, it hurts like hell, you know. Let's just be honest with you. I couldn't imagine having a screwdriver shoved in your earlobe and turned three or four times.
1: Oh, that was cringe worthy, uh, wasn't it? I, I just look, um... look a little
3: bit. dude, am I, maybe I'm getting weak in my old age, but sometimes some, the the blood. Um, it's kind of getting to me in my old age. And some of these things, I'm like, wow, blood. I'm not used to, maybe I'm just not used to seeing it.
1: Yeah, and then seeing the welts on yeah. Randy Orton's back after the beating the with the belt. Yeah, dude. And that what cut that? he had on What's his that? leg. He had something sticking out of his leg. Yeah, right. out. It was a table shot. And then I think one of the, the wooden pieces broke off and went right yeah, into his was leg. He like a stuck pig for a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought for sure they were going to stop the match to get it looked at. I really did because that looked nasty when it happened, yeah. but they got the bleeding under control pretty quick. But Randy kept on looking at it the rest of the match. He was constantly yeah. looking at that cut on his yeah, leg. Yeah, that
3: was good. That was, that was good. Lots of, oh, man, lots of high spots in that match too. I mean, they really, really, uh, I mean, it makes you wonder what, the thing that I think about when something like that is like, what do they talked about backstage you know does does Randy and Jeff sit back there and go all right you know let's steal the damn show tonight let's give them one hell of a match you know because um I, re- I recently his brother Matt gave an interview and they talked about he talked about the woken Matt Hardy versus the broken Matt Hardy and they asked him it was in a podcast or something they asked somebody asked him about how you know, what the difference in the characters were. And he said, oh, you know, there was some similarities and stuff. He says, but he says, the WWE, he says, I didn't have complete and total creative control over it. He said so. And he says – and he, he said that actually didn't bother him. He says that when when you're in a big corporation and was shareholders and this and that, and he, he kind of went in and talked about all the stuff that um, is involved with the WWE and that you – you know, it's almost impossible to have total creative control over a character. And so in a match like that, is that something that creative goes, All right, you guys, you know, we're gonna have blood, we're gonna have this, or you're gonna have this, you know, at this point in the match you gotta stuff the screwdriver in his ear or I wonder if they give him a little bit of freedom when they go out there and and you know
1: I think the screwdriver spot was a cult spot. Yeah. I really do. Uh, as far as the welts on the back, uh, that's just something I think that happened. I think they were calling it, but they, they weren't expecting to bleed like that. Yeah. And then you have the accident with the table. I mean, yeah. that was nothing they could really handle. But I do believe that that, uh, that earlobe spot was uh, – because he had done basically the same thing with his finger mm-hmm. on SmackDown Live. Mm-hmm. And I think they said, well, if we, we just turn it up and do that screwdriver – and they probably knew exactly how far to take. Oh yeah, yeah I imagine they might or, have you know, done it backstage yeah. a little bit to see where uh, Jeff was saying, "No, no, 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 that's too much." <laughs> you know. Well, so. Do you
3: remember? Do you remember when, um, when Cena, when well, when Lesnar returned right after Cena lost to The Rock? Um, what was that WrestleMania? Was that thirty or what was that? Um, and the. And he, he fought Lesnar at the next pay-per-view, you know, and um I remember seeing, you could read Cena's mouth, like when Lesnar had him in the Kimura and a couple things like that, Cena was like, dude, you're too rough, like stop, you know, and, and it makes you wonder how much of that goes on too, like in the case, like this Randy Orton match, if, if some of that stuff, they were like, okay, that's enough, you know, but they said that in that match, Lesnar And I think I've heard that on, you know, a lot of that stuff's hearsay, but that Lesnar's rough on people in the ring. And so you hear that a lot about a lot of performers, that they're rough on people in the ring, and some people don't like going in the ring against them and stuff.
1: Well, a lot of times, especially if you have uh, two performers that are the same ilk, I mean, maybe they're they're rough and tumble, they'll say they'll take it to a point. And if one takes it a little bit too far... Uh, the quote is they give them a receipt later in the match. They'll do something to get them back. You know, maybe, uh, the chop to the chest, they were only supposed to be doing two or three and they went ahead and did five. Mm -hmm. Well, that, uh, that headshot with the closed fist that is actually open a little bit might be a little bit more closed Mm -hmm. and a little harder than normal. Uh, it's just called a receipt. And, uh, uh, that happens in the ring quite often, but th- they pretty much patrol themselves uh, most well, of the time. and, and then, you think too. Of course, there are things that happen backstage the, too. So. Well,
3: safety alone—you know—we've talked about that multiple times on the pod about being in the ring with somebody else and having to trust them. And you know, when I think we can talk about that, I've got to, got to, we got to talk about RAW later on. But let's go on with um, uh, the next match. Was the women's? Uh, match, right?
1: Yeah, the Charlotte Flair against Becky oh, Lynch. Oh, man. It was a good yes. one,
3: wasn't it? Dude, is Becky Lynch just awesome right now, or is she just awesome?
1: She, I mean, I never really knew if she could pull off the heel character, but I think she's doing it great. Oh. And then the crowd is still cheering.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, they're loving it. They're loving it. She's, and man, she is. They they do a good job, you know. Some of those, I mean, the the divas era is is done, man. And those women's matches are rock solid now.
1: But you know, they still are beautiful women. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're they're tough as nails. They're beautiful women. When when uh, Becky came out and she had on that dark wig when she was in the in the uh-huh. stands, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was going. hey, make her hair dark. She looks great yeah. as a brunette, and she looks great as a redhead. i uh, That's the thing that I like about this era of women's wrestling. They're still very feminine, but they're still going to take your head off. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that aspect of it. I, I really do.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and the days of the, you know, those, I don't know, you know, the whole divas thing and stuff, that was just –
1: Oh, the pillowcase matches and the Uh, lingerie matches. Yeah. yeah, I never liked that very much. I'm I'm a red blooded American male if you know what Mm -hmm. I mean, but I wasn't. Although, Kelly Kelly, oh my word. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, the new champion is Becky Lynch, and uh, Charlotte would not. uh, Charlotte was trying to shake her hand and saying congratulations, and Becky wouldn't hear of it. uh, Which was just last week's back, wasn't it? Which was I love awesome. it. awesome. You know, I always go back to uh, it's great storytelling. And if you were upset at somebody because of something they did to you and you beat them, you're not going to want to shake their hand.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not going to to bust their head open. But let's say you and I were going, you know, we went bowling and you beat me one time 250 to, to 96. The next time I turn around and beat you 225 to 96, And you, you know, oh, that was great. You did very good that time. Let me shake your hand. Well, yeah, it was just like when you
3: know Sting and Triple H, you know, and he's like, "Hey, get back here," you know, and and then you shake hands, and it's like, "Oh, come on, Sting should have knocked him in the gut with a baseball bat and friggin' (laughs) like I love that sappy love song crap, you know." (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you notice the promo for the new Marine Six movie is out wow. now? Yeah, it's the uh, the Miz yeah, that's with that's Becky nice. Lynch and Shawn Michaels, yeah. and it's going to—I think it's going to directly to uh, pay per view and directly to Blu-ray. Uh, it opens up in November. Marine number nine hundred forty-three thousand four hundred
3: twenty-three. What matter? What? What, what, do, what does it matter? What numbers in it? It's the, got the greatest superstar in Hollywood history in it
1: because he's awesome yeah. and he is isn't he. yes Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking about going and trying to find all the Miz uh, the movies the marine movies so I can put them in my collection so I can watch the Miz that's how much I really am enjoying the Miz and his work over oh, the last couple of years God. just ah, love him
3: for a week yeah so um so what was next let me see what here what was next
1: Tag match, the Shield versus McIntyre Ah, and Ziggler for the. Yes. Once again, non-stop action. I don't think they ever stopped in the match for a rest hold. I really don't. It was awesome.
3: Oh, dude. Uh, I just, I love Dolph Ziggler. And the, the Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre thing is freaking great right now,
1: isn't it? Uh, yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. And dude, that, that was just a lot of fun. Okay.
3: Let's stop for a se- second. Let's, 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 it's time for a side street. Okay. Um, okay. Let's t- discuss Dean Ambrose's return for a moment.
1: What are your
3: thoughts? Moment.
1: Okay. Heel uh-huh. turn, heel turn, heel turn is coming soon. Heel turn is coming soon.
3: So Dave, do you think a heel turn is coming soon?
1: Heel, turn is coming soon. Heel, Heal. For some reason, I do. I really but, do think okay. they're going to turn him so heel. two things.
3: Two things. Let me interrupt you. Sorry. I just got to get this out. You know how I get. You know how I get. You know how I get.
1: Get your way, get, bro. You don't interrupt me again. I <laughs> will take you down. You can't reach me from down here. If you were in the studio, <laughs> you could
3: reach across the the, the table, and right. smack me. But you can't now. So I get to get my own way.
4: <laughs> so I to
3: get away with it.
4: <laughs>
1: Yeah, go okay, for it. So,
3: okay, one thing. What are your thoughts on uh, Dean Ambrose's physique?
1: Well, for somebody who's coming off an injury, he's been pumping some Dude, iron. He, he has, been he, he has the protein oh, really. on, and
3: I can't decide if I—I I don't know if I like it very much. <laughs> I do too. I don't. I I liked the. The lunatic fringe, man. I don't know what's going on with this super stacked, like, angry, you know, I've been taking my pre-workout, ready to pump some freaking rubber in the gym, you know. I'm like – I don't uh-huh. and then he's not talking. He hasn't spent any time on the mic, you know, and he's just – Although
1: on Raw they did a little spot where uh, uh, supposedly the Shield was being arrested. Mm-hmm. And uh, right at the very end, with the the sheriff there, that uh, made uh, the Shield get that uh, rematch with uh, Dolph and uh, with uh, McIntyre, uh, uh, you could see Dean say, "So, uh, Sheriff, the next time I get arrested, can I call you? I'd like yeah. that." that and was kind of more of the this, old wacky. The uh, sheriff,
3: dean. what the name tag said on the sheriff. The
4: sheriff? Uh-uh. it was
3: Dean Ambrose's dad. <laughs> it was. Him,
4: Awesome! I didn't notice that. That's awesome.
1: That is fantastic. It was Dean
3: Ambrose's dad in real life.
1: Oh, I I didn't notice that. That that that's awesome. You know, a few years ago, Hacksaw Jim Duggan uh, was doing some promos in the ring, and his dad was a a, a a policeman also, and he made reference to getting patted down by the official in the ring, and then he said. Uh, nothing that my dad didn't ever do to me, and then he winked at the camera. I just – that was so, so great. Yeah, so,
3: so – so, but, oh, man, that – that, you know, it just seemed like that uh, – it never stopped, you know? And, I don't know, Dolph Ziggler, he, he's just so good, you know? And Seth Rollins is pretty good too, but every time he does that damn buckle bomb, it just makes me cringe. I don't know. I was wondering about that when when I saw that. I mean, he Dolph did a good job of, you know. Luckily, he was fo- close enough to the turnbuckle, and he hit it just right and stuff. But I don't know. You know why we despise that move?
1: Yeah, that has oh, something to do with dude, steam,
3: doesn't it? Yeah. And next match, oh my gosh, talk about a slobber knocker as well. Oh uh-huh. man. Uh-oh. Oh,
1: can I go back to the yeah, tag sorry, team match yeah, real I mean, quick before of, we go to I the next one?
3: got off on a tangent there. Sorry.
1: Well, you, we, we, you know, you did have the, the winners there uh, still with uh, Dolph and Drew. But there was only one time during the entire match that Seth Rollins' knee was mentioned. And I thought that was fantastic. I'm so tired of hearing Michael Cole.
0: That's his bad knee. That's his bad
1: knee. I'm just tired knee. of Michael Cole, plain and simple. Well, that... And then, yes, you were right about a slobber knocker of a match. The very next one. Oh, wasn't that a great physical, physical. Psychology, uh, psychological match, Joe and AJ Styles?
3: Yeah. Oh, dude, and that ending. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was awesome. I uh, That's like – that goes back to The Undertaker versus, versus uh, Brock Lesnar. You know, Remember when Undertaker yeah. tapped but yet pinned Brock, you know, and – yeah. Oh man, this is gonna this is gonna be awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, with uh, Samoa Joe actually uh, having that uh, Kimura lock on, and then AJ's tapping out, but Joe's shoulders are down. Yeah, I what a what a great ending oh, to absolutely. a wrestling match. Chris was a little bit upset what? with it, I think, because he wanted a, a clean ending. But I said, man, that's what wrestling's about—the controversy. We love that.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, dude. I, I I thought that was just. Oh, man. And then, then you know, because now he gets to use the whole, you know, Samoa Joe gets screwed out of the title and, and, uh, oh, man. I just, dude, and, and, and isn't for a big guy. Holy crap. He is. The man oh, can man. move, can Do he? you know who I want to see go at it? It's Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. You know, those that two would, be would fun. Those two, because they're. Both big like that. They both can move. Man, those two, I'll bet, could could bring the house down on something. You
1: know. But who's gonna be the heel? Who's gonna be the bad guy? Well, why can't one
3: be bad and one be badder? I'm a bad, bad man. I'm
1: a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm bad. I like your style, my yeah. man.
3: You know, why is it always gotta be heel versus face? You know, why can't it? You know. I mean AJ's getting pretty wound up, you know. He's getting, he was getting pretty wound up with this whole thing with Joe. And I love that, you know, to see AJ because the AJ Styles heel is is just, I love that, you know. And when he gets all wound up and just comes uncorked at Joe, and you know his emotions are getting the best of him, and I just love it.
1: <laughs> oh, I it was my second favorite match of the yes. night. Yeah. Of a night I thought was really, really good. You know, this was, AJ Styles Samoa Joe are both two pros that know what they're doing in the ring. They can tell the story. They can be very physical, and they just look like they're you know, killing each other. This
3: was one. The, I mean, honestly, Dave, like I think like something like this I, was better than WrestleMania. You know, they like I could watch. I could watch this pay-per-view again and not, and, and not feel slightest about it, but I don't think I'd go back and watch WrestleMania again.
1: You don't want to get these hands with that little 10 year old brat. I mean that little boy. Mm, no.
4: Get these hands. Somebody's going to get these hands. Yeah.
1: The next two matches,
3: but let's focus okay. on the first match. We don't need to get ahead of ourselves, right? Okay. The Miz and Maurice versus Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella uh-huh I, I'm I'm just gonna say it Dave I just got to come right out and say it okay hey are you with me
1: are you, are you I'm with you.
3: okay I'm sorry Dave if this offends anybody but I freaking hate the Bellas don't offend me man I, I hate the Bellas dude they are such they are so annoying and they they don't know how to wrestle you know and I was a little bit uh, I thought we'd see more Maurice and Breed going at it because, I mean, Maurice is a former Divas champion. But I wonder if they won't let her, I mean, because of her health and stuff, will they not let her take a bump or what? I I was trying to figure out why did they even have this match if she couldn't even have one spot in the ring. Every time she'd get into the ring, she'd, you know, tip-tag The Miz back in.
1: I think it was part of the storytelling but Maurice did get injured, and that's basically why she retired from the ring. Uh, and I don't know if, uh, having the baby just five months ago played any part of it, but, uh, I, I thought it was more along the lines of, you know, uh, let's just make this part of the story, letting, letting her, uh, tell the story that she's, you know, she's the heel. She doesn't do anything, but she whips in there and pulls the tights for the, for the win. Um, but Maurice could go when she was wrestling. She, you know, she did fairly well. I, I enjoyed watching her. Well, she's two-time
3: her. Divas Champion.
1: Yeah. So she should be.
3: You know, I mean, she looks like she's in excellent shape. I, I don't know though. Yeah, she is. But yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of sick of this. The uh, for the freaking feud of the year, this is falling f- a little bit flat, in my opinion. You
1: know. The, the, well, yeah, I know why they did it. I mean, they were. They were trying to set up the two reality shows against each other, yeah. and frankly, the Ms. and Maurice, the Ms. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. on USA, was so much better than the stuff that's on the e. with the Bellas and the Total Divas and the Total Bellas. At least f- for what I enjoy. Have you watched uh, Ms. and Mrs.? Mrs.? I watched three of the six episodes. Well, they're what still is available online. What on. is it like? Funny. Is it really? It is funny uh, the Miz you know he plays the goofy character. he still gets out there and he does uh, you know he th- does his heel stuff uh, but there's a but they're getting ready to move out of Hollywood moving to Texas really? and uh, his wife wants this very expensive cake and evidently the Miz watches every penny that goes through his wallet really? and he went with a less expensive cake but he was going to have it delivered but his dad comes in and uh, they're uh, driving near the, the, uh, the bakery for this party, getting ready for the party. And the dad says, How much are they going to charge you to deliver this cake? And he told him, He said, Let's get it ourselves. And then they wreck the cake. And Ms. has to go back and buy like an $8,000 cake. Yeah. So uh, you could have bought How much of that was set up, I don't know. But it was pretty funny. I, I got to admit, it was pretty funny. There wasn't any of that fake drama. Like they have on Total Divas, and also with the Bella Twins not getting along, and you know, I just, I thought where the Total Divas and Total Bellas got uh, where it was good was when they went backstage at the events, and they showed how things happened backstage, not when they were out and about acting like Presses um, and stuff, idiots. You know, I, I didn't like that part of. But I, I did like the Ms and uh, Misses uh, on USA. I'm gonna try to watch some more of that. So when's Ronda Rousey gonna be on Total Divas? I think probably in the next season. Oh really? Is she really yeah. going to? Yeah, and it's starting. I think. Is she starting is really, really going to be on it though? Probably. Really? At least a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Dude, okay. Uh, but I, I will say this. I will say that the Daniel Bryan and Brie uh, was better than. John uh, the John Cena and Nikki yeah. against the Miz and Maurice—that was pathetic two yeah, years ago. Was... At least this one had a little bit of yeah. action to it and made sense. And a
3: little bit of you know what the the classic heel stuff, grabbing the tights for the roll up, and you know, I don't know things like that. But okay, so so I I punched in. You know, whilst while we're on the pod, I'm on the interweb, and I you know to to see our the hell in a cell card and the results just as we were going through this. And so I'm on this CBS sports website, right? And they're, they're grading each match as we go, go down. And so far they've been fairly close to what you and I have discussed, but this next match, they have got completely wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. I just they, they rated the next match as an a minus and I thought this was a stupid match and I'm, K- you go. Tell go. me which one uh, you're okay. talking about. Uh, next match was Raw Women's Championship: Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss.
4: Uh,
3: I, you, you go, because I'm
1: disgusted. Okay, not really disgusted. Just well, apart here, right? It was better than I expected, just because of Alexa Bliss, not Ronda Rousey.
3: Uh, you know, and I was so sick and tired. It's, it's it was like Seth Rollins' knee all over again, but Ronda Rousey's ribs.
4: Oh, those yeah. ribs. Oh, could she even?
3: Oh, oh how ribs. did she pull that gut wrench suplex off with those ribs? You know, and it's just like, oh my <laughs> god. You Agreed. Know? I, was like, Shut up. I, I don't what? know, dude. I'm I'm a little bit sour on the whole Ronda Rousey women's thing. I don't.
1: But you got to admit, when she comes out, that crowd goes bananas. Yeah, and I don't. She does, and uh, and then she smiles like I'm the nice little girl. No. And then she gets in the ring and she gets that that glare. Of, I don't know what it is. I'm just I'm not I'm not a fan yeah. yet. Mike work is pathetic, uh, but Alexa Bliss made that match to me, not Ronda. Yeah. Alexa, uh, and and I read Jim Ross actually say this. Uh, right after the Hell in a Cell, that Alexa Bliss is the best female heel that they have had in years. That she understands the heel dynamic. She knows how to get a pop from the crowd as a heel. And I I I agree with good old Jr. on um, that one. The match itself was better than I was expected, but not as good. as know, it She
3: reminds me of like a, like a like a female Jake the Snake. You know that. That yeah. Ring psychology, the, the twisted, uh-huh. you know, that the look in her eyes of this, the, you know, you can tell that she's really serious about, about what's going on, you know, right. And but I don't know, I I don't I was a little bit frustrated with, you know, because Alexa Bliss can actually go, you know, in the ring, she can she can go, she does good,
4: uh-huh. you know,
3: and all the females right now, I mean, you know, like. I thought the other night on on Raw when um uh Alicia F- Fox and Rousey went at it, I thought that that was a better quality match. I just thought that that Ronda dominated too much of the match, and I don't know why. And that that last pay per view, you know, when Ronda won the championship, they they just. It was basically a glorified squash match that just made Alexa Bliss look weak, you know? Like, the only thing yeah, – she yeah. has no offense. The only thing she can do is talk smack, you know? And But it's like, you know, she beat uh, – um, what's her bucket? The uh, – I'm having a brain fart. I'm sorry. The one that she took the title from? The
1: – uh, Nia
3: jack Sorry, dude. So, you know, she went – with Nia Jackson, the ring pretty good, and, and Nia Jackson is a lot bigger and stronger than Rousey, and and she actually put off some offense against her and stuff. So I don't know. I just I don't really care well, for some of the some of that. the whole Ronda Rousey powerhouse thing. I don't.
1: Yeah, I'm not that wild about that. But there are two notes from that uh, that match I wanted to pass along. I don't know if you heard Renee Young. When uh, they came out at the beginning of the match with Alexa Bliss and Foxy and uh, Foxy was dressed in that white jumpsuit of some sort with a hat. And Renee Young says, she looks like David Bowie. <laughs> I loved it. I laughed out loud at that one. That was hilarious. Good job for her. And then Alexa Bliss evidently did suffer some sort of arm injury oh. in that match and uh she woke up uh, Monday morning, not feeling well with her arm. And Tuesday, uh, they were worried about possible uh, nerve damage to that mm, arm. It? But uh, I haven't heard anything else about that, uh, so they might have to be changing some of the uh, the matches. Because that's coming what they, had soon. To them,
3: they had to make. They had to on Raw with some some stuff too, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah. Huh.
3: So I mean, so what are your? I mean, so CBS Sports gives it an A minus. I would give it about a C minus.
1: I'd say a C to C C-plus yeah. at the most. I thought it could have been a lot better. And I think they're, you know, they're probably basing that a lot on trying, because of the crowd reaction to Ronda Rousey and uh, the way that, I mean, I am so shocked that the crowd gets into her as much as they do. Because, you know, her last, what, two fights in, the, in Ultimate Fighting or whatever they call it, MMA, she didn't look good. Mm. And... And she hasn't done great in the WWE, but for some reason the crowd likes her, so more power to her. I, I'm just not a big fan. So,
3: mm. so uh, comicbook.com is reporting that Alexa Bliss was said to be dealing with an elbow injury, one that actually caused her to lose feeling in her arm. WWE attru- attributed the bum arm to Ronda Rousey's armbar, which may or may not be true. Bliss withdrew from the second season of the Mixed Match Challenge. <laughs> Um, yeah. Says
1: and Mickey James took her yeah. place, I believe. So,
3: so, uh,
1: so uh, but I guess um, I've had I've had an elbow injury, uh, and I lost feeling in my hand because of it for quite a while. I, I broke a bone in my yeah. in my uh, elbow, and I can see where that well, can happen. I've been dealing with uh, I've
3: been dealing with some I don't know what it is in my elbow, but um, like if I lean down to try to get up, like in about sends me into orbit and it I, I've fallen back down a couple of times and I'm like oh like and I can't even put my elbow on to rest it on like the the, the window in the car I can't do that anymore it hurts so bad sometimes so I could imagine that those can be pretty um but so what'
1: but d- d- did you know that my elbow injury was caused by a professional wrestler
3: well I know that uh, didn't Ted DiBiase step on your hand or something
1: yes yeah, Ted DiBiase did step on my hand but when I was a teenager, I knew a guy that was in training to, to do wrestling, and he lasted for all of maybe four months. Mm-hmm. But he was trying to show me some things, and I fell wrong, and I broke my elbow. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that was my wrestling injury. But Ted DiBiase Sr. did step on my hand during a match in uh, Louisiana yeah. near Morrillville. Real yeah. quick side yeah. note, sure. what's
3: going on with Sasha Banks? She's hurt too, I guess.
1: Yeah, she she's dealing with some bumps and injuries, and uh, well, yeah, she
3: she um she's had an injury-prone career. You think is she's is she done or what's going to happen?
1: Uh, no, nah, I think she'll you know maybe they'll give her a couple of months off to heal, and then she'll come back, or maybe she'll just kind of slow down, trying to let things heal. You know, her problem is that she's related to Snoop Dogg. That that would do it every time.
3: Oh, yeah, no kidding. That would make me not want to get out of bed either.
1: Not a fan of Snoop Dogg.
3: Is he even relevant anymore?
1: More relevant than you care to know. Is it? He's hosted game shows is on PBS. Is he still Snoop
3: Dogg? Or is he, like, just Snoop now? Because he doesn't he change his name every – it was
1: Snoop. No, that's Pete. Well, it Dick. was
3: Snoop Doggy Dog then it
1: was Snoop, yeah, and Dog, Snoop Dogg, and now isn't it just Snoop? I do like some of his stuff, but I'm not a big like, fan. Murder you know? was the
3: case that they gave me. Dear God, I wonder how they saved me. Like that. I
1: don't, like, don't know. Rolling I, I, down I, the I don't street, do that kind smoking
3: of Smoking sipping on gin and juice, laid back.
1: You know, he did, uh, on TBS, he did a revival uh-huh. of a game show, um, The Joker's Wild. Mm-hmm. And then he also has hosted a cooking show with Martha Stewart in the last couple of seasons.
3: You know, he knows a lot about what does he say? He says, This is Alabama Creeping Bean as opposed to Georgia Creeping Bean. They say, Oh, do you, uh, not, you know a lot yeah. about golf? I know even more about grass.
1: I, uh huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he knows a little bit about grass. Yeah. So. Yeah. But get okay. back into the world of wrestling here, guy. Well, Snoop did. He was, didn't he? He's been uh, a
3: celebrity guest host on Raw before.
1: Oh yeah, I, he might even be in the Hall yeah. of Fame. I it? don't know. Maybe he uh, is.
3: So, last but not least, the main event: Hell in a Cell. Hell in a dun, Cell. Dun, dun, dun. Braun versus. Roman.
1: A monster against a dog. Yeah, sure. What would you think? I don't know. I thought they drug it out for way too long. But I did like it when Braun yelled out in the middle of the Hell in a Cell match. He says, stay down, you moron.
3: There was some cool (laughs) spots in it. Uh, and There was some spots that were kind of like when Roman Reigns goes... uh, running around the ring, you know, and he just runs right smack into the, you know, he's like, I'm going to go for a little sprint real quick, and then wham, you know. Like,
1: <laughs> wasn't that the one where or Bron p- picked yeah. up those stairs and just clocked yeah, it's
3: him? like, it's like, oh, hold on, guys. i got to get my laps in real quick. i got to go for a sprinter <laughs> on the ring, and then it's like
1: which way yeah, did he go, exactly. George? Which way did he go? <laughs> this is like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna get him, get
3: back here, and thump. And <laughs> right <in> the <laughs> they're like, stay oh, down, like, you oh, moron. <laughs> one of the announcements is like, oh, Roman's got diamond plate imprints on his head now, or something like that. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. On the the steel yeah. diamond plate aluminum steps. <laughs> <laughs> those steel steps. It's like if those things were steel, <laughs> Broad would have a hard time even lifting them. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: so, uh huh. So what did you think about the ending with the return of that guy? Be honest.
3: I mean, it was okay, I guess. I mean, it was kind of fun. I mean, you know, you always – I'm glad they didn't announce it or that it was still kind of unexpected, but – I just still, I'm not a Brock fan, so I don't know. I was like, I guess did he finalize his deal with the UFC? And uh, there, he's there's no doubt in my mind that he'll win the title back, and he'll be they're gonna they're gonna use that publicity thing to death, you know, of him being a UFC champion and a you know and a, a WWE champion, you know. So I gotta tell you. Real quick, while we're talking about UFC, when last time I was up in Cache Valley, a couple of my old friends from from my old work at USU, they invited me over to one of the UFC fights. It was just a, a lower card one. It wasn't a big – it was still on pay-per-view, but it didn't have any real big names in it, and they were advertising for that um, Conor McGregor fight, and I don't know – I don't keep up on UFC, so I don't know who Conor McGregor is fighting, but it was – it was the one where they like he was dissing his buddies or whatever, and so they went and found the guy on the street, and they like broke the window in the bus, and like they were gonna beat this guy up, and and um, <laughs> and my friend Vinny goes, he says, because for you know when I worked at USU, they all used to make fun of me for being a professional wrestling fan. They were like, oh, MMA is where it's at, you know, and I says, you guys, I says, there's no difference says there's no difference. This says it's, just, it's, it's just, the only difference between MMA for between UFC and WWE is a little bit more acrobats and some of the hits land. I was like it's all storytelling, it's all hype, it's all you know, and Vinny goes when he, when when this commercial comes on between you know Conor McGregor and this other guy, he's like I've come to the realization that you're right. He says this is all it's all freaking smoke and mirrors and like storytelling and you know. I was like,
1: I told you, dude, it's all about entertainment, you know. Well, let's give him a big nanny nanny boo boo. I mean, yeah, it's like <laughs> we were right, uh, you were wrong, we were right. I don't
3: know, dude. Who knows if if the if the. I mean, I know there's no doubt in my mind that those guys are absolute wonderful athletes. I'm not trying to discredit anybody at all. I'm just saying that. It's all about entertainment, man. Whether it's predetermined, whether the punches really land, whatever it is, you're being entertained. So let's just cut to the chase and say that, you know, same with boxing and all this crap, you know. Even NASCAR, even all these other things, you know. They, you know, boxing, they get in each other's face at the weigh-in. And, you know, somebody might sneak a a quick one in. Or, you know, it's it's always about stirring the pot and getting the... The views and getting the clicks on the interweb and and you know getting the likes on the Facebook and
1: and you know it's, just, it's all the same. It, it, that's all it is, man. It's all entertainment. It's all what what floats your boat, exactly. isn't it? Exactly, dude. <laughs> uh, right, one quick question. Shoot, sure. you had a friend that was you were posting some stuff on Facebook and also Instagram of pictures that he was taking in San Antonio that he right. worked okay, the hell on the cell yeah, event
3: let's talk about so my friend Bobby Tiemann is the uh, video display engineer for um, AT&T Stadium in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, so I used to work with Bobby at Yesco Electronics. He's a wonderful friend of mine, an excellent excellent human being. Um, and Bobby uh, uh, was offered a job uh, in San Antonio, the with the the Spurs, basically, it's, um, and uh, they they offered to move his family down there. They gave him a huge raise, and so he works all of the events, um, mo- a large portion of the events. Make sure the displays are all going. All it fixes all the back the stuff going on in the background. Make sure the cameras are all hooked up to the display right, and and so he's got quite a little thing, and so. He called me um, a couple days before Hell in a Cell and said, "Hey, he says there's something coming up this weekend." And he's not a wrestling fan at all. He says it's a WWE. It's called Hell in a Cell. I was like, "What?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "I'm gonna. I'll see if I can get you some pictures and stuff." So he took some pictures of the cell from up uh, he, on the catwalk, and he took some pictures of the ring, and and um, and so he got to. He was backstage. Um, he saw a lot of the performers. He said he got to meet a couple of them. Um Dude, so, we gotta
1: get this guy on the yes, podcast. Absolutely. With us. I'll
3: I'll I will I will do that. I will see and I'm working real hard to get the banner. He says there's like a fifty foot banner for hell in a cell. And I was like, I need it, dude. I have got to have that in my garage. So and, <laughs> So
1: I, can I just go up and touch yes. it and, and roll in it? So I've been working him pretty hard in my naked body all yeah, over I've it. Working, so. I've been
3: working him hard for this for the for one of the banners from Hell in the Cell, and, and so we'll see if he comes through or not. I wouldn't if he can't come through, it's okay, you know. He's well, I can,
1: oh, I can. hey, but guy, if you can if you can just do an interview with him yourself, do that and we'll put it on to the next podcast and I you know I'd love to talk to him too we can do that. but uh we can do that. if it just works out you can just do it you just go ahead and do that, do that man yeah we can do it um, yeah
3: but yeah it was it was it was cool to see those pictures he texted me those pictures and so I I put them online real quick just uh, And you sent me a few yeah. of them
1: just making me jealous
3: yeah. that would be cool you know it's that's just that stuff that you don't get to see very often you know but um real quick i want to talk i mean i guess i don't know I kind of interrupted you on the final match. What did you, I guess, rewind back to that? Tell me what you thought of
1: it. Well, I'm not a Lesnar fan. You know that. Uh, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. The only thing was when Heyman's screaming out, give me the keys, give me the keys, give me the keys, give me the keys, and then Lesnar kicks in the door. Yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. right. It's chained, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know, sometimes, I know you have to suspend belief sometimes, mm-hmm. but every once in a while you just go, it's like, uh, like Braun Strowman lifting that ambulance. Mm-hmm. You just go, I don't think so. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, it was it. the surprise uh, factor was, surprise you know, I mean,
3: I would have rather seen like John Cena or something. That would have been cool. He'll turn John Cena. John Cena comes up. Wouldn't that be cool if John Cena comes out with Paul Heyman.
0: John <laughs> 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 My new client, John Cena, you can't see
4: him. You
1: can't see him, you know, we, can't see him at all. I'm going to do all the talking, not John. So, But John wasn't uh, at a couple of uh, the uh, the past events, SummerSlam and all that, because he's been filming a movie in China.
3: Well, he's scheduled to be, you know, of course, they got to give every fetch and detail for their super What's the deal with this super yeah, showdown? Yeah, super showdown. Let's deal with that? What's so special about that?
1: Uh, money. They got an opportunity to make uh, a lot of money. That's all it is—money.
3: Well, did you see that is. they're doing another one of those? Um, that those the Sheik's birthday parties again? They're already advertising for that.
1: Yep, uh, that's going to. Uh, yeah, and that's where uh, it's going to be a three-way match between Strowman, Reigns, and so,
3: so they're not uh, fighting at Super Showdown.
1: No, not at that one. That that that's uh, of uh, yeah. That the main event of that one's going to be The Undertaker against uh, Triple yeah, H. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a six-man tag with The Shield against um, Dolph. Uh, maybe Baron Corbin and Drew. And I think that's John creepy. Cena Bobby Lashley. And then Bobby Lashley's going to be there with John Cena you know, as his I partner, missed. taking on Elias. Yeah, I was going
3: to say, that's who, who, where was he during Hell in a Cell?
1: In China. Oh. Still no, 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 filming. No, no, no.
3: Where was uh, the man that can oh. do it all?
2: He oh, even Elias. wrote this
3: song on a piano just for you. There's nothing <laughs> he can't do. Dude. Did you listen to the Elias album, dude?
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> I did, did you watch
3: the Did you watch the, the the documentary on w, on the network?
1: I've watched parts <laughs> of it. I haven't watched the whole it's thing. It's so awesome, but... dude. <laughs> can I can I tell tell my story about uh, Elias you real quick? To? I think I texted you real quick. I want to tell everyone else. I was having breakfast in Laughlin, Nevada, at the Aquarius, and uh, they have their little uh, sound going on, the little music going on. And there was a guitar solo at the beginning of a song. I think it was by Darius Rucker, but there's like this guitar picking, you know, acoustic guitar picking. And (laughs) all I could think of was who wants to walk with Elias. And I wanted to stand up in the hotel, but I didn't. I think I made my wife happy that I didn't do that this time. (laughs) I would probably embarrass my wife. Oh, it was awesome. uh, yeah, I missed it. Hey, uh, let's take a quick break because I, I want to talk to you about just a few little things. Uh, and I know you wanted to it's talk to me Chris about one, match, one that occurred on the We've got a lot uh, of news from uh, I, I, uh, the wrestling I'm, industry. I'm, I'm lost in words. Of the album. original we'll trash right back it. Chris Evans. But cracked on crack open. open he wasn't thing. really wrestling. Chris. Chris. On Don, Don, Don mat.
5: You can make people sit their butts in those seats.
1: Your box office. This is
0: TurnbuckleTrash.net.
5: You're changing your depends
6: over the diapers. We might be on opposite sides of the continent and uh, dealing with completely different type of weather patterns, but it is on Turnbuckle Trash. I, this evening, while we're recording this, Sitting on the 11th floor of the hotel, Aquarius Hotel and Casino in beautiful Laughlin, Nevada, overlooking the beautiful Colorado River and it's hotter than blue blazes outside. While on the other side of the continent in North Carolina, there's Chris Evans. What's going on weather-wise there, Mr.
4: Chris?
5: Uh, It's a beautiful day here in Statesville, North Carolina. The sun is going down. We have not had any weather that has uh, threatened us, but on a little bit farther north, uh, North Carolina has been hit pretty hard. But uh, we didn't, we received nothing but rain here, but uh, it was kind of yeah, scary they, at first. Everybody, everybody was panicking and the bread
6: aisle was gone. So <laughs> <laughs> so tell us where, what part of the state you're in, in North Carolina, where they got hit so hard by the hurricane.
5: Okay, we are on the uh, the west part of North Carolina. It's a state still not too far away from, uh, uh, let's see. We're not too far away from Tennessee. So we were like five hours away from the hurricane. The only thing that we received was the, the hard rain. It rained for about two days here. We got a little bit of flooding in Charlotte. Uh, but other than that, uh, we didn't receive hardly anything. But uh, the East Coast got hit really, really hard. And uh, my team... Of our search and rescue that we have here. Uh, we were about to be called out by FEMA, but they canceled that so the rest of them could go, but, uh, we were on notice. We almost went. It came close, but, uh, thank goodness we didn't have to go. We, we settled things here and, uh, everything's fine. Like I said, the bread aisle and Walmart and all the rest and all the other Grocery stores were completely wiped out, and milk too. Everybody was making French toast at that.
4: So, (laughs) I'm not
5: kidding you, but the bread aisle was completely gone. I mean, it was gone. Yeah. So, weather can do a lot of strange things to everybody, but in the South, it seems like everybody, when they go and they see one snowflake or they see one raindrop, they've got to go to the grocery store and pick up milk and bread. I mean, is it bread into their brain? That they have to have this stuff. I've never seen anything like it. It's either bread, milk, or it's ramen noodles because that was completely wiped out too. I don't. You've got to
6: have your ramen noodles now. Well, my my
5: <laughs> well my my roommate she stacked up on water and put water all over the the house. And I asked her, I said, "What are you doing?" And she goes, "Well, just in case we've got to have this." I said, "It's not going to do nothing." And the next day the sun was shining, and I looked at her. I said, "What are you going to do with all that water?" And she just flushed it. I said, well, that's what you have to do.
4: That's what you have to (laughs) do. (laughs) Really?
5: Oh, well. well, I mean, everyone's safe and sound, and uh, I'm glad for that. But uh, on the East Coast, like I said, they had a couple of uh, fatalities, and uh, uh, I feel sorry for their families. But uh, er other than that, we here are doing very well, and uh, let's talk some wrestling in the hell in the cell.
6: Yeah, Hell in a Cell, which has nothing to do with me being a bullhead city yesterday and it being 106 degrees. No, it doesn't have anything to do with that, but, yeah, it was, it was a scorcher. But, uh, yeah, Hell in a Cell took place in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, overall, I really enjoyed uh, Hell in a Cell. I mean, you know, we do that rating system where you give it four stars or whatever, and I would give it uh, three and a quarters right now.
5: I would give it about three stars. Uh, the reason I don't know why they changed the color of the cell. I mean, I think, I, I yeah, think that was weird. That was kind of weird. I mean, does Stephanie McMahon have something with red? I mean, they had this obsession with red. The belt's got to be red. The ring's got to be red. Hey, let's make the cell red. Uh, come on, really? We don't know it's a cell. Well,
6: I was I was I, wondering if it was if it was such a stark color. Being read that if the people there in the arena were having difficulty seeing inside the cell when they had the two matches with the, the Hell in the Cell stipulations, I really think they I didn't could've. read anything about that.
5: I, I think they would have had trouble seeing it because I mean, in the regular Hell in the Cell, you could actually see what's going on in there. But I've never been to a uh, a, a match where they had something like that, so I really can't. I, I wouldn't be able to tell the observation. I don't really know.
6: So. When they did the Pujami prison match, and they had oh all that gosh. bamboo around the cell, you couldn't see anything on TV. I bet inside the – well, anyway, that's, that's taken yeah. me too far back. But,
4: um, yeah, yeah l- right.
6: let's talk about some of the highs and lows of Hell on the Cell.
4: Oh,
5: there was a lot of high. There were some highs, and there was a lot of lows. Uh, the biggest high, I think, was the Jeff Hardy-Randy Orton match. That was the highest one that they had. Uh, those two oh. put on one hand. Half of a match, and I, I have one question for for
6: Randy Orton. Who gave you the screwdriver? I don't <laughs> know, but it hurt me just looking at it. Yes, yeah, it he, he pulled he he pulled off a a tool chest from underneath the ring and put that in inside the gauges uh, of uh, Jeff uh-huh. Hardy and started twisting. And you could see where the skin was getting tighter, mm-hmm. and tighter, yeah. and you could you could hear the whole crowd going, ew! It was. Yeah. Man, that was cringeworthy, man. I'm not kidding you.
5: But well, the thing of it is that I have a, I had a big problem of it. Was okay. Yeah, that was Jeff. He had he agreed to this, but you had to know that that skin had to give. It has to have some give to it. it have been bad if he'd turned it just a little bit more, and that ear would have popped.
6: Well, so, yeah, so. yeah it, it's it's been stretched so much with the gauges that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it has. It probably had absolutely no um, nerve endings in it, so he could probably barely feel it. But it's at the the overall effect. You got to admit that was pretty daggum cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was cool. But,
5: and 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 then when you had like when you had posted on Facebook uh, that uh, wrestling is fake, and you saw the injuries that Randy Orton received from Hell in the Cell. You got to give these boys credit. Yeah, wrestling is is a work sometimes, but good lord, the injuries that Randy Orton received and had to have—I'm sorry—I give these guys credit. They had well, these guys are wrestlers because I couldn't i couldn't do that. There's no way. Well,
6: okay. you could see the marks on his back when Jeff finally got a hold of that belt that he had, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether he was using the wrong end or what, but there was just welts on his back that were bleeding. And then I think it was a table, was it the table that cut his leg wide open?
5: It was the table that got him.
6: The table cut his leg. And it it was, it looked, now, not being in the medical profession and not being there, maybe to me it looked worse than it was, but I remember looking at the official, the the, the ring official, Randy, constantly looking at that thing. And there for a while, it was bleeding pretty heavy. So, you know, that had to hurt.
5: Oh, it did i mean the man you know he was in pain when they finished the match they had to rush them back and make sure that everything was okay and they, when they took the pictures and they posted it i looked at it and i just cringed it's like okay that's uh, that, uh ooh. Mm. no no thanks uh, even if i get yeah. a cut at work I, <laughs> sometimes i cringe at mine but my gosh that right there he literally went through a cheese grater
6: Oh, his back looked awful. Yeah, oh his back with,
5: uh, uh, but oh his back looked awful.
6: Yes, yeah, it. it uh, I mean, it was, it was something to see. And you know, I I was kind of glad to see the WWE push the envelope just a little bit more. Now, of course, the but, performers have to agree to all this stuff, but uh, you know, they've had some pretty pretty bad pay per views over the last year and a half where they're supposed to have the highlights, and, yeah, they're just not that good.
5: No, these pay-per-views that they've been putting on lately, the the ratings are just not there anymore, and everybody's getting tired of the same matches, and, I mean, we all knew what the hell in the cell was going to be until they had a couple of surprises in there, but the pay-per-views for the WWE is just, it's not there anymore. They're just not, it's not the same. To me, it's not. I mean, to other people, they may think it's great. To me, no. I, I just I've seen it all.
6: I, I was just going to say, I, I think they paint them soar, themselves into a corner sometimes by having uh, a basic monthly pay per view. I think they just paint themselves into a corner. They can't set up uh, a really good feud angle line without doing basically the same matches over and over again. And then yeah. I, I'll tell you what, just drives me up a wall is when I see a pay-per-view match and then they redo the match the next night on Raw or Tuesday mm-hmm. night on SmackDown. Yep. That, to me, is completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll just go ahead and this is a rematch from Hill in a Cell. We're going to have it here tonight on SmackDown Live. No, I don't no. think so. They ought to do something different. Maybe have a run-in or something, but not the same match. Come on.
5: Yeah, that's the problem. They just they're so limited on their talent roster anymore and everybody has seen everyone and they don't have no, no new fresh faces that need to come in from NXT or a surprise. They need a surprise, somebody to come in that they would never expect. And I mean, yeah, they had a couple of surprises in the hell in the cell, but who wants to see Brock Lesnar? Who wants to see that? Uh, I'm okay, tired fine. of Brock
6: Lesnar. You know, you might be on Brock Lesnar. I was in there when, when he came out in the hell in the cell, uh, the Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns match mm-hmm. and went, come on, give me a break. And then he kicked the door down. It was another, come on, give me a break. Uh, and it wasn't breaking off a piece of that Kit Kat bar, I'm telling you. It just
5: Yeah, well, that Kit Kat bar had turned white from old age. and You don't need to unwrap that anymore because we've already unwrapped it and threw it in the garbage three or four times. You don't want to see him anymore. I thought he was done. What did Vince give him a pile of money to say, come on out here and kick the door for us real quick, and make people go, ooh, I
4: don't think
6: That's no. exactly what he did, man. <laughs> you know. And once again, I'm sorry. Give, that, I'll give him. Go ahead.
5: God, I'm sorry, but if you kick a door. You know, we all know it's jury rigged. No man can do that. Unless he pulled out his sword of power and said, by the power of Grayskull, and bam, he kicks the door. What the heck? Come on. So you mean to te- no, you mean to tell me everybody that shut that door didn't say, whoops, I shouldn't have done that, and all of a sudden he comes off the hinge. And then this man comes up. No, please, people. You're not that strong, Brock. Go back to USC. <laughs> let
6: let, let me you, ask you a question uh, about that final match, okay? Go ahead. Here's the question about the final match. Out uh-huh. comes Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Uh-huh. Out comes yep. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And they mm-hmm. all climbed to the top of the cage. Mm-hmm. Now, they showed uh, Seth and Dolph coming down the stage and then both think- synchronized, jumping off the stage onto the table. I mean, that was a spot that, that didn't look good. I mean, falling on the tables from that height, yeah, it looked good. But both mm-hmm. of them jumped, uh, like they looked at each other and said,
4: okay, let's
6: jump. And they did. But what happened to Dean and McIntyre at the top? How did they get down? When did they get down? I never saw that. I
5: think what they were trying to do was they're trying to relive the old day of when Mick Foley got thrown off the cage.
6: Yeah.
5: They really are. They're trying their best, but they'll never be able to to top that because that was spontaneous. And I hear that Dolph Ziggler, when he went through the table, he got pretty messed up. Uh-huh. They didn't know whether he was going to be able to do anything or not, but it was boring to see them climb the cage and they're fighting on top of the cage, but they've got it reinforced. I mean, I, I don't know these days. Well, you almost days.
6: expect you almost expect to see that now in a hell in a cell. I mean, you go back to last year when you had uh, um, Kevin Owens against Shane McMahon,
5: Mm-hmm. okay?
6: Yeah. And then Shane's on top of the cage, and he's going to jump off on Kevin after they've mm-hmm. been fighting on the top. You of almost expect—I mean, the crowd is expecting that type of of shot again. This yes. was about they, halfway yeah. down the cell, and I'm not—I'm not belittling the fact that they fell quite a bit into a, a wooden table, and mm-hmm. it had to hurt like you know what. And oh, hopefully yeah. they didn't get too banged up. Mm-hmm. But the crowd is expecting that now. But I sat there and watched all that. Then I watched the Brock Lesnar junk that came in. And I'm saying junk because I want to use other words that uh, I yep. say this is a PG-13 PG podcast. But, I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm going, what happened with the guys up top? Those are the two I wanted to see fight. Those are the two I wanted to go at it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there saying, I want to see Dane and Drew. I want to see Dane. And then it was yeah. like they just completely forgot about them. I don't know what happened to them. It's the writing, uh, basically, it's the writing staff.
5: It's, uh, I think they, they jumbled everything together and it's just, it's not the same. It, hell in the Cell, everybody, when the first Hell in the Cell ever happened, everybody was so excited about it. They loved it because back in the day, these guys were getting busted open. These guys would get very hurt and you could see it. Nowadays, it's nothing. It's not that way anymore. They're they're so PG. They don't want to bring out the blood. They don't want to bring out the... These wrestlers put their lives on the line every day. But for Hell in the Cell, that's supposed to be, like Nick Foley said, it's a match that will change careers. It's a match that will change your life. And it's a match that no one will ever forget. Yes, we did. We forgot it as soon as... The pay-per-view was over. We forgot about it.
4: Since
6: I've been on vacation mm-hmm. this week, I did, haven't seen Monday Night Raw or SmackDown Live, the mm-hmm. follow-up shows, after the Hell of a Cell. But uh, I'm going to be interested in seeing how they handle those situations. But I'm almost wondering if the, if the matches were going just a little bit long and they cut out whatever spot they were going to do with Drew and with Dean. Because you know they had to have something planned. Well, why would you just leave them up there? and say, oh, those two guys fell down, so let's crawl down, jump on the floor. I don't, I, it doesn't make any sense, and, and that was my main difficulty with what happened.
5: Yeah, well, I, I agree with you fullheartedly, and that right there is just, gosh, I, I scratch my head when I see the, the aftermath of these pay-per-views, and, and I'm wondering, I mean, do you all get together in a circle and say, how can we kick people off today? How can we do this? How can we make our fan base just run away? i got an idea. Let's all ever get on the top of the cell, and that's it. I mean, it would be – it just, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand
6: But I, to I, me, I, I, it. I like that aspect, Chris, because it gives people to say, you know what, maybe I like wrestling. Maybe I'll check out Lucha Underground. Maybe I'll check out the, uh, the guys uh, from uh, Impact and see how they're doing. Because I'm just tired of this stuff from the WWE, and you know, frankly, I think they're—I think they're just overextending themselves. They have the talent, they have the overabundance of talent, but they're—I think the overabundance is making them kind of cringe and saying, "Well, we don't know what to do yet with the guys uh, from the authors of Pain. We don't know what to do yet with Sanity. I mean, coming up." That event in Australia that's coming up in Mm -hmm. October, Mm -hmm. what's it going to be? It's going to be the New Day, the champions, still the champs, and who are they going to take on? The bar. Now, I love the bar, but why Mm -hmm. isn't Sanity the one that's going to be there? You know, Sanity would put on a great match. It would be something different, but no, it's the bar. So, and because they're, they're just not pushing. Who loves the bar.
5: Well, they're they're just not pushing. They're not pushing the talent that needs to be pushed. I mean, Cesaro and Seamus. Seamus doesn't have too much gas left in the tank. Um, Seamus is going to be retiring soon with all the, the injuries and this whatever he has that's going on with him. Uh, he's not going to be around much longer. So they need to start pushing the authors of pain sanity. They need to be pushing these guys. And what are they do they push them off to the side let's just give you guys the tag team titles or let's give these people the tag team titles they won't get the people who deserve it like sanity they deserve the tag team titles I think they yeah
6: do. and I think they could put on a great match with the new day I think they've proven that they can
5: and and heck you
6: know you got you got to give them credit the new day they're such pros they are so good at what they do they mm-hmm. could take any tag team and make it look good I mean any tag team,
5: uh, of course.
6: And, and make it look really good. Make it workable.
5: Yes, uh, the I mean Kofi Kingston uh, and, and Biggie, those two right there—they're good wrestlers. Uh, but I'm 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 really hoping one day that they split up the New Day, which I know they're not going to do it because everyone loves the New Day, and that's their money maker right there. They know it is just a little bit, so they're not going to break those those guys apart. But, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing them go their separate ways right now. Uh,
4: well, there, has
5: been, talk, yeah, there has been some talk.
6: Yeah, there has been some talk on the internet about, uh, the possibility that Big E might be the one that gets the singles push and then they keep him as a singles competitor but also a member of the new day, but he just wouldn't tag with them and he'd go off on a singles push. That is some well, of that, the things I've been reading on the internet.
5: Of course, you can't believe be- everything
6: you read on the internet. There, so.
5: No, not these days. I mean, it's fake news sometimes. And what can you do? I mean, come on now. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah. That's for another story, ladies and gentlemen. No. But uh, yeah, I mean, some of the controversies they had with the Hell in the Cell with uh, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Uh,
6: I loved it. You did?
5: You liked it? I wow, thought
6: that's good. That was as good a match. It was my second favorite match of the entire night because of the psychology of it, mm-hmm. the psychology of it all. It was a very, it was a thinking man, physical match. And uh, I I liked the ending, the, the swerve at the very <laughs> end where the official didn't see AJ tapping out and AJ's the, I I, I enjoyed that. I think that's what wrestling should well, do more of, you know. Well, and if mm-hmm. you want to say, talking about setting up for the next pay-per-view there is your perfect setup for the next pay-per-view. Well, let me ask you this, though. Do you think that Samoa Joe,
5: the way he's doing his promos, doesn't he remind you of a duo back in Memphis that did the exact same thing when they were going at it back and forth? Between it's Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, now you have Jared King Lawler and Bill Dundee.
6: It's... Yeah, there's nothing new in professional wrestling. Very, very few new storylines. But it's how it's Mm -hmm. worked, how it's written, and how it's performed Mm -hmm. that I thought, I I still think that the Samoa Joe, AJ Styles uh, feud of this past few months, to me, is probably one of my favorites of uh, 2018. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I... You start watching that, and when you really get into it, you, hey, more, Joe, you just want him to get everything that's coming to him. And that is yeah, the psychology of a good professional wrestling match. Sometimes it's more than just the physical aspect. It is the storytelling involved. It is psychology in and outside of the ring that makes it memorable. Uh, Paragon Pro, uh, which was based out of Las Vegas a few years ago, and I'm trying to remember the name of the performer, but he won one of their belts, and he basically became a homeless person. But he would mm-hmm. take this belt, go all over Las Vegas, like he was dating belt this uh, title belt that he had, and it was uh-huh. so funny. It was like, oh, this guy is nut. Uh, he's, he's nutcase, and they're finding mm-hmm. him out uh, sleeping by. Samstown near a dumpster, but he still wants to go in there and and defend his title because he loves that title so much. And Zane, Zane could probably tell you the name of it because he loved that storyline. But every once in a while you got to get a little wacky. Every once in a while you got to get just a little bit out there, push that envelope just a little bit much. And then, and if you have to rein it in, rein it in. But I don't think they need to rein this in with Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. I I've thoroughly enjoyed it.
5: I've enjoyed it because they brought in family. They brought in little, AJ's little girl into it. Uh, how they convinced AJ to let Samoa Joe do this is mm-hmm. beyond me. But I, I've enjoyed that side of Samoa Joe because that reminds me of the old Samoa Joe from TNA. The item not care attitude. Uh, it was good because it brought out and it showed a heel. An actual yeah. heel, and uh,
6: yeah. there's that, very few that, that's, in that's far between. Mean.
5: Yes, that's
6: true. Cody Rhodes that's actually true. wrote a piece this week that he was on cage side, cage side news, mm-hmm. where he talked about there are very few true heels anymore because the mm-hmm. fans react differently. It's almost from crowd to crowd who's going to be the who's going to be the heel and who's going to be the babyface, and that's, yeah, that's how true. Uh, you know the fans have changed a little bit. But if you you were texting me today about Dominic, uh, Ray Mysterio Jr.'s son, is starting mm-hmm. to perform now in Canada? Oh yes. If you oh, yes. if you think back, Eddie Guerrero and Ray Mysterio Jr. had a really long feud involving the same Dominic, where yeah. Eddie wanted to be his daddy and Ray was fighting for the honor of his son. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dominic is I mean, Ray's a, nothing against Ray, cuz he's a smaller guy. Mm. Oh, but yeah. uh, Dominic is a big kid.
5: I mean, he Dominic stands a head huge.
6: over his dad. Yeah, Dominic I mean, he's is huge, and he's going to be
5: – I I see Dominic – and I'm not trying to get off the hill of something, but I see Dominic as uh, somebody that will probably be in TNA or Lucha Underground. I really think he'll probably be in Lucha Underground knowing his father, and he's going to make an impact, no pun intended,
4: uh,
5: uh-huh. to the wrestling – world because, I mean, he's being trained by Lance Storm, and uh, that man out there, Lance, is, I hope that he picks up like his father does, but uh, we'll see what Dominic does in the wrestling community. I hope he does well.
4: I
6: really do. Yeah, and I, I, think, uh, I think I texted you today about Dominic doing a couple of spots back in uh, the uh, uh, Lucha uh, Underground when Ray was there for one season. Uh, he actually well, did just a couple of spots there where he got involved in the match. I mean, he didn't have a full-flow full match, I don't believe, but he did well, become well, speak- part of the storyline. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, speaking of Lucha Underground, you you, you you put this on the Facebook page. Congratulations to Marty the Moth.
6: Oh, um, yes. Fine, I agree.
5: Finally, finally, they have put a belt on him. It's about time. Congratulations. Yes. He deserves, he deserves as, as much as that man has has contributed to the wrestling community and to the wrestling world. Finally, they have put a belt on a man that finally deserves it, plus with Cody Rhodes' B the NWA title. Hallelujah. Yeah, if, it's about time.
6: If, uh, if Martin had uh, broken his ankle during mm-hmm. that competition, what was it called? Was Steve Austin was the... Uh, uh, tough Enough. Tough Enough. And Martin mm-hmm. was part of that, and actually he was doing very, very well. He and uh, the guy that now plays Son of Havoc were kind of like one and two. Like you could just watch the two, and you knew they had it. And now they're Mm -hmm. both pretty big stars in the lucha world and uh, and all the independent scene. And Martin broke his ankle, kind of a freak accident. I think that if that had happened, he would be a big star right now because the WWE would have developed him, developed that character, or developed a character with him. And uh, now here he is. He's the Lucha Underground champion, and uh, it could not happen to a better moth. I mean, yes. <laughs> Marty, is, yes. is he really is a great guy, and he plays that moth character so well. Uh, last season, I don't know if you've been able to watch Lucha Underground very much, but Marty was carrying a lunchbox to the ring with him, and it had Aztec Pride printed on it. And mm-hmm. he was being introduced by Melissa Santos. And while he's being introduced, he pulls in her lunchbox and pulls out a sandwich. And then he goes up to Melissa and puts it right in her face. <laughs> oh, the my look Lord. on her face was priceless. So, Marty and I, I, well, I don't consider myself a good friend of Marty. We know each other. That's, you know, it's like a Facebook mm-hmm. note. Yeah. We've met a couple yeah. times. We've talked. So, I'm not going to call him a good friend of mine. Just I just know Marty. So mm-hmm. I I am him later that day, and I said, did Melissa know what you're going to do? They said, oh, she never knows what I'm going to do. And oh, that sorry. led to him uh, getting his hair cut in a match. Uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, he'll do anything if it'll advance a storyline, and that's what I admire about Martin Casals, Marty the Moth Martinez, and I just couldn't be happier for the guy to get a little bit of nationwide pub now that, because when when he goes out and performs on the, either the Lucha circuit or if he's on the uh, independent circuit, he's going to be known as the Lucha Underground champion. They can put that Ooh. right on the on that banner, our former Lucha Underground champion. And Lucha Underground is a very popular promotion, so I am so happy for you, Marty. I, I can't express the words. And, uh, I mean, when you play that crazy, I'm going to say it, they called him, from the crowd last year, crazy bastard uh, all the time. They would chant that from the crowd. He plays yep. it so well, and uh, he's a little crazy. He's not, he, he's a little yeah, he, out there, out but, there. man, he's Marty, congratulations, man. That's awesome. That's great. But going back so to – So what about uh, him, that uh, Women's SmackDown Championship?
5: I was championship? just about to bring that up. Uh, Becky Lynch – uh, winning the w, uh, the Women's Championship, and she is the perfect heel right now. I love it how they were they they thought it was a back-and-forth match, perfect, and at the end of it, Charlotte Flair comes in the middle of the ring, goes to shake her hand, and she turns around and walks off. I loved, I it. loved it. That was perfect. That's what you need right there, a champion that – it's almost like bringing out the old Stone Cold Steve Austin. I ain't going to shake your hand. You ain't, you're you're nothing right now. You're not a champion. No. Bam. Out the door she went. That was good. Uh, and like I said before, they're, they're building Charlotte up to be like her daddy. She's going to be a 16-time women's champion, I believe. But uh, we'll see what happens to Becky Lynch. I think that uh, I don't know who's going to be the next opponent. It's not going to be Charlotte, I don't really think, unless she – has her claws in it where she gets a rematch. But uh, who knows? Maybe it could be uh, who, the female, the, the the Japanese. What's her name? Uh, Asuka. Oh, uh, Asuka. Asuka. Which uh, Asuka is not, not doing too well with WWE right now. She's not too happy. She wants out of her contract as well because they're just been I don't burying me. that woman. She, they've just been burying her like crazy. So maybe they'll get a hold of Asuka and maybe Asuka can finally win a title in the WWE, but uh, Becky Lynch, congratulations! You won the women's title. But it was a, it was a good storyline. They played that one very well. I liked the storyline that they had between those two. And uh, at the end of the match, when she walked off, that was perfect. That's what needed to happen right there. No handshake, just walk off. You had the belt. You're the champion. So you you proved what you wanted to do. I, I like that part. Yeah. That was
6: good. This upcoming uh, pay-per-view that's going to be the all-women's pay-per-view, the Evolution, uh, mm-hmm. there has been talk about reforming the four horsewomen. Of course, they couldn't do it with uh, with Becky right now, but with mm-hmm. Charlotte and uh, with Ronda Rousey and then uh, Shayna Baszler, I think, from down in NXT, and then they probably would add Nat, uh, Natalia Nightheart going against somebody mm-hmm. at that women's pay-per-view. I, yep. don't, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that would be interesting. That would be, uh, something to do. Uh, I, I like the idea of factions, even in the women's uh, division, you know, when they do the, uh, the people, um, uh, geez, I, I don't have my notes in front of me, but, uh, uh, the, the factions they have now on you know, Raw and SmackDown, the three team members, uh, I, I think that's good for the tag team division and good for the, Division of men or women to have more, you know, to have factions in there saying, you know, you know what, we're not going to do this. The faction of the Shield going against Von Mm -hmm. Stroman and going against uh, Drew McIntyre, uh, that gives you, you know what it gives you? Team Mm -hmm. names. It gives you team names. It's the Cowboys against the Giants, it's the Raiders Mm -hmm. against the Chiefs, it's Mm -hmm. the Shield. Against whatever they call themselves now, <laughs> you know, it's a, that, and I think that's that's good for wrestling. Gives them team name. Well, I think
5: it's good to have. I mean, if the four horsemen, the four women, the four women horsemen were to come back, and uh, it would be good to have Ronda Rousey uh, be the leader. She'd be like a Ric Flair. But I, I mean, I could see Charlotte going in to there, and she would be like Ric Flair. I mean. But she Mm -hmm. couldn't have the, you know, the the personality like Flair did. But I could see something like that. That would be great. But if Evolution, if this pay-per-view happens, could we actually see a women's tag team championship? I mean, the rumors are going around that they've already got the belt set up and it's going to happen. But I just, I don't know. The the name Evolution, it just, all I see is, I don't know. I, I'm seeing uh, Batista and, and Randy Orton and, and, and Triple H with long hair and coming out in bikinis. I need to get that out <laughs> in my mind now. Lord, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, right fans. <laughs> sorry, fans. Sorry, fans. <laughs> sorry, fans. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Wipe that, please. No. Uh, Evolution, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting if they have the four horsemen or the four women. And it's going to be interesting to see in Evolution, but... Uh, the women's division is taking over the WWE. The men's division is being put to the side because the women are just stealing the show right now from what I see. They're, they're really putting on the best, the best wrestling matches. And I like it. And like I said, the best um, storylines too. And the best storylines, because Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair from the beginning, when Becky started this, the storyline started off perfect. And, uh, hiding in the crowd, acting like she was a fan, and then she pulls off the the all the stuff off of her the hair and everything and she fights Charlotte. She beats the living dog out of her. She says she's she's nothing and I'm gonna take the title and hell in the cell, bam, she took the title. So yeah, yeah it was a good storyline. I I really liked it. But uh with Rhonda Rousey, it's starting to kinda of dull right now with Ronda. I, just, well, she, I don't know what it is.
6: She doesn't have enough uh, seasoning to really, uh, I mean, she she can hold the belt now. That's why I'm kind of thinking this four-horse woman thing would be really good for her. Mm-hmm. She could almost take the, the Tully Blanchard role or maybe the Arn Anderson role just being the enforcer oh, and yeah. to still hold the belt for a while. But evidently, Alexa Bliss uh, lost feeling in one of her arms uh, on yeah, the, she, Tuesday, yeah. uh, the Monday afterwards. So. She was injured somewhat. I don't know how severe that injury is, uh, but I thought, Alexa, psychology-wise, once again, a great psychological match with uh, Ronda Rousey at Hell in a Cell. I like the match just because of the psychology of it, and I don't think on the women's side there's anybody that plays the psychological role better than alexa bliss Uh,
5: i'll have to agree with you on that she is a good ring psychology and she knows what she's doing uh hopefully the nerve endings or whatever is wrong with her arm will heal up very quickly and she'll be able to return to the ring uh she's not in the uh uh, mix match mix mix match challenge now uh because of that and i I really hope that she comes back i mean she is good we never thought she was going to be any good at first but uh I tell you what, she's something to look at in the ring, and she's looking something to look at outside the ring too. But uh, oh yeah, I digress.
6: But so you you I you, you got to admit with me though, mm-hmm. her psychological approach inside the ring mm-hmm. kind of takes some of those shortcomings she has physically, and she mm-hmm. can go she can go her own physically, but the psychology, the way she's always trash dogging, the way she does oh, yes. the sneaky, underhanded heels type think.
5: I think it's a perfect Mm -hmm. character for her. Yeah. She's good at that. She's a good heel. I think they need to keep her as a heel for right now or, you know, at the next pay-per-view after Evolution is over with. Maybe she turns baby face and helps Ronda out or something like that. You never know. Or she may just stay heel. I I really don't know what the WWE mind is going to be from now on. It's almost like opening up a box of Cheerios and pouring it on the floor and say, okay, let me see if I can find a square. Mm-hmm. Nope, can't find one now. We don't know what the WWE is going to do with her right now, but uh, it was a good match. I enjoyed it and, uh, I enjoyed Ronda Rousey, you know, winning the match, but I, to this day, I still want to know who does her hair that looks like a, an Arby's turnover.
4: <laughs>
5: whoever does her makeup and and, and, and hair please stop she's <laughs> giving me nightmares I mean I, I thought my wife was ugly looking when she, she put her makeup on but good lord devil one that there will just turn your head and make you scared <sighs> <of her>. stop <laughs> why are you making me nice <laughs> I'm trying to be I'm sorry <laughs> I'm
6: sorry you know we've, we've talked <laughs> now for quite a few minutes and mm-hmm. they haven't even talked about the Raw Tag Team Championship. Oh, yeah. It's like it took a complete total backseat after the B-, B Team lost to Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. And then they had to bring in the other two members of the Shield to take them on the pay- at the pay per view. Uh, well, that reminds me. The B Team, they deserved more because they were getting such a pop from the crowd. Oh,
5: yes. I like the B Team. They were bringing the tag team division back up. They decided to put the belt on Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, and then the Shield decided, hey, let's let's put the Shield in there and let them win the titles. And it was a, a 360, and Dolph Ziggler and, and Drew retained their belts, which I really wasn't expecting that. I really thought that they would put the belts on uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, but uh, mm-hmm. I was wrong on that one too, but... That, <sighs> You've seen these matches before, except for Drew and and Dolph,
6: but I don't know. What does that do to people like the B team and the revival and to Ascension? It just puts them back to doing nothing. They're going to get beat all the time. When all three of those teams are fun to watch. They're very professional. They can hold their own and the Mm -hmm. crowd would get, you, the crowd gets into them, but I think they've got to find those big, those big name stars. A way to get into the spotlight, I I just I don't particularly like it.
5: I don't like it when they bury talent. That's I mean when they when they had the revival, it reminded me of uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Those two were experts in the ring, and the revival reminded me of those two. But then the burial of the revival, it just happened like the Ascension. Uh, shoot, they buried them right after the. The first time they came on Raw, like the second time they came uh, on Raw, they
6: barely, yeah, it. It they over with. So. Yeah, the Ascension, they've been on the shows, but I don't know if I've ever seen them win a match. They're their enhancement talent, I, I, of course, you know, you got to have enhancement talent. But to make the talent work as enhancement talent, you've got to let them win a couple of times like they saw with the B team. Mm-hmm. and let them get a little bit of the credibility in the fans' eyes. So I, well, had, I, I'm just, I'm stumped, so.
5: They, they had the Ascension looking like the Road Warriors. They were the second coming of Hawk and Animal, and then they became the second coming of a, let's just bury you right into the middle of the ring. Let, let our top tag teams just destroy you let the old mm. the old guys destroy you and wow. make you a laughing joke like they did with the uh with the other teams it's, it's ridiculous why do this to a team that could be tag team champions it just doesn't make any yeah. sense and the the raw tag team belts don't really mean anything anymore just like the smackdown no, tag team titles they don't mean anything anymore no belt no belt the wwe has has any meaning except maybe the women's the women's division. That's it. And
4: That's you know, part me, of that as I've
6: been you know, as I've been reading, part of that is that evidently Vince is not a tag team guy. He likes the the singles competitors, but there's a a large part of the audience, like myself and I think yourself, that love tag team wrestling.
5: Oh, I love tag team wrestling. I mean, I've I've been a fan of tag team wrestling since Action Smash or Demolition and uh, the Road Warriors and uh, the Brain Busters and I mean yeah I, I love tag team wrestling and that's that's what is good because besides single wrestling you can see a team that can work together perfectly and right now you're not really seeing that you're seeing these teams that are mashed together and you're just scratching your head going okay what are these guys mm-hmm. going to say nope I just don't see it anymore. It's just, the WWE, to me, is if you want a sleeping pill, watch a match. And so mm-hmm. will put you to sleep in about five or six minutes.
6: Well, it's boring. Let me ask you it's another boring. thing here. Yes, sir. Yeah, let me ask you something about... Uh, on our last podcast or two podcasts ago, we were talking to the MK Bandit. Uh,
5: mm-hmm. MK
6: works with Tommy Dreamer, He works with Destiny Wrestling. He's going to be at UCW Zero this weekend in Salt Lake City. Uh, he uh-huh. works with a lot of different organizations, in New Mexico, Phoenix, and mm-hmm. all over. Uh, and he is a, quote, manager. And I'm going to yes. pull out a portion of our interview and play it over again from the N.K. Bandit, who is a, quote, manager in professional wrestling, mm-hmm. because uh-huh. I read something early this week about Vince McMahon seeing the success. Paul Heyman? The mouthpiece. Yeah, Paul mm-hmm. Heyman, man. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Seeing the success with yeah. Paul Heyman and then uh, Selena Vega, on SmackDown Live and how that's kind of called on her being the manager, not the valet, the manager of Vega on there. And seeing that success, that they've come up with um, Drake from 205 Live now is the manager of uh, the uh, Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm. And then Lilo, Lilo Rush has kind of taken over
2: that role for Bobby Lashley. I hope so. I mean, I, I honestly – you know, and this is not a rip on any one person I work with, um, so I want to say that to anybody that I work with, anybody that I'm going to work with, I'm not, I'm not ripping on anybody. I'm it's just really saying it. that because managers are such a specialty item, a lot of workers today are not brought up to use a manager. And so the role is kind of dying because people don't understand how to use me. It, it's almost like, you know, when when in the old school matches, when they would tease the brass knuckles with a roll of quarters, and then at the end the finish was always, you know, the guy gets clubbed with the brass, you know, something happened, and so you would tease that the whole match. That's how you use a manager. You use him to get your heat, and then eventually he either kills the face or he, he gets killed himself and, and everybody cheers. And people, people aren't using it like that. And I've been fortunate to work with a lot of good guys and good agent. Sin Bodie is one who 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 knows how to use a manager. Tommy Dreamer again knows how to use a manager. Bubba W knows how to use a manager. But a lot of the indie guys that I get put with, um, not recently, but I haven't put, don't understand, don't know how to use the manager. So I'm afraid it's a dying role. And and, and what I'm hoping is that back in the day managers um, were were old workers or not old workers or workers that were injured or something like that. And they transitioned. J.J. Dillon was a tremendous, accomplished wrestler, became a manager. Um, and so they understood the game. And my fear is that that because the role is dying, that, that there's not a lot of indie workers that are going to understand what a manager does, so that if they ever make it the big time and they become agents or like that. So I, I'm kind of afraid I'm a dinosaur. I hope the role comes back, but I honestly think that, you know, the end of the line is probably Paul Heyman.
6: Yeah. So, what I want to ask you now, do you see, like I see, the possibility of the managerial roles, the Bobby, uh, the Brain Heenan's, the Jimmy Hart's, uh, that type of role, is is that coming back in professional wrestling right now, or is it just something that I'm hopeful for?
5: I think it's coming back because we need more managers to be the mouthpiece of these wrestlers. Uh, Paul Heyman is the master of the mic for Brock Lesnar. And uh, I think that's, that needs to come back because sometimes the wrestlers, when they're on the mic, they're they're not good at doing a promo. Some of them are not good at doing a promo. And that would be the right. best thing to do is have a manager. Um, I think that that would be the best thing to do, to have someone like the MK Bandit come to the WWE if that was ever possible. I don't know if that would be. Uh, that can actually cut a promo for another another wrestler like uh, Roman Reigns. He needs a manager. He needs someone that can talk for him. Uh, or, I mean, Seth can talk. Dean Ambrose can talk. But Roman Reigns can't. He needs somebody that can be the mouthpiece for him. Uh, I, I see managers coming back. I think it would be a real good idea. They need someone. They need like a Jim Cornette or a Jimmy Hart or a of Bobby the Brain Heenan to come in and be the mouthpiece for a wrestler and yes, please bring him back in that's what made wrestling what it was because who is the greatest manager of all time I mean, you've got yours and I have mine uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan was a master on the mic Jim Cornette was a master uh, and right now who's the best one on the mic it, it is Paul Heyman Right
6: now, in, he is the best. Far,
5: yeah. he is he is the best, and because he can stir a crowd up in about five seconds.
6: So yeah, yeah I, I, did, You think think, I, Go ahead. I was just going to think. You know, uh, we grew up in uh, the Memphis wrestling area, and the Hart Foundation, the Hart family, the Jimmy Hart mm-hmm. family that he had in Memphis when he had Jim the Anvil, my heart, and he had all these other what in the world is that
5: uh somebody decided they want to see if their uh, horn is working very well and uh, okay let me look at my let me look out my porch here uh yeah hi how you doing can you turn that off please really thank you bye okay let's get back to what we were doing here
6: thank you okay um, well, yeah. i'm remembering all these years when the hart family when he'd have a stable of 10 or 15 wrestlers that he was out with all the time and what a great mm-hmm. job jimmy hart did uh, with oh, really? those wrestlers, and then when he went to the WWE and he managed Hulk Hogan and all those, mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, I think there's a role there that I, I hope to see coming back, and, and like I said, I'm going to pull out that uh, interview with the MK Bandit, and I'll, I won't play the entire interview. I'll just talk about the role and the perceived role for the future of managers. It was a very interesting little conversation. It'll be part of this turnbuckle trash.
5: Sounds good to me. I, I listened to that whole thing and I was on the edge of my seat listening to this gentleman. And uh yeah, I mean, I I don't remember what the MK Bandit was, so I have to look him up again because I can't remember what he really looked like. And uh but yeah, he, he was a. I, I see him like a, uh, oh, a pallbearer. I mean, he was a he was a good manager and he was a good talker. The man knew uh-huh. what he was doing. So, yeah, I think managers would be best to come back. That's what we need. We need to have a, a heel manager or a baby face manager. Eh, let's see what the WWE will do. Uh, it all depends on what side of the bed Vince wakes up on. Sometimes he wakes up on <laughs> the, the side. That's what his
6: men say that day.
5: <laughs> yeah, it depends on what, uh, if Hunter says, look, you need to take this this pill, go to sleep, let me take it over for him.
6: Please. Well, that's going to be real just, interesting. Any other any other final thoughts on Hell in the Cell, my man?
5: Uh, Hell in the Cell, I give it a three-star. It was okay. Not the best pay-per-view in the world. Um, let's see what happens at the next one. And uh, The Undertaker and Triple H's last match together at this, uh, where are they going?
6: Australia. They're playing in a cricket Aust- field. Okay. And they're going to have a field of la- crickets.
5: The field of crickets. That's the wrong way this <laughs> match is going to be, is a field of crickets. The last match I of have Undertaker no... and Triple H. Mm. Go ahead. I Go
6: ahead. have absolutely nothing. I. To me, it's like, oh, I'll watch it, but uh, mm-hmm. am I excited about it? No. Nope. No. I'm not excited mm-hmm. about John Cena uh, teaming with, um going to be Kevin Owens he's teaming with?
5: I, yes, I believe so.
6: I, yeah, I'm not excited about that. I, I think no. that card over there needs some help, and I think they're wanting to do that last that last match with Triple H and Undertaker as their biggie, and it doesn't hold well, that much of interest to me.
5: I, I I really think that there's going to be a swerve to it. I think Shawn Michaels is going to interfere somehow. He'll
6: interfere well, because they're going to
5: have a they're going to have a match. Shawn Michaels is going to come back. I mean, it's in the card that he's supposed to be by March of next uh-huh. year, who's supposed to be back in the ring one last time for the Showstopper. Uh, I really think they're building up another Wrestlemania between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. And this will be The Undertaker's, hopefully this will be The Undertaker's last match, and Shawn yeah. Michaels will get his redemption, and he'll beat The Undertaker. Who knows? I mean, he's been bled too much, and it's time for Mark Calloway to right off into the sunset, we've seen you enough. Go back, go back, just just leave. You've done enough but
6: damage. Chris, Chris uh, I'm gonna say, give the man credit. He's taking as much money to the bank as he possibly can. And that's what this business is all about. We can sit here and complain. We can sit there and say, we don't like the story writing. But man, if those dudes are making money, more power to them because money is the root of all evil and my yes, roots do not run very deep and that i want some really deeper roots but i don't want mm-hmm. to be evil for them i, I just want some but deep there, roots myself but but if he can make some is, money doing this more power to him mm-hmm. but there
5: is a little happy news we have a five-time marrier uh for the rick flayer has been married for the fifth time now he's a 16-time world champion and a five-time marrier <sighs> thought the man learned at the fourth time, but I guess... Uh, I, I, could, I could
6: say something about belts and being married and honeymoons, but I, this is a family show, so I won't. Yep, so so uh, I'll, I'll just kind buy. of leave it at that. So, put a bow
5: I will, too, because if I do, the, 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 I think that the storm clouds will be coming over me, and I'll be hit by lightning, hopefully, I know, and
2: yeah. I can't talk.
5: So it, it's <laughs> been a lot of fun doing Hell in the Cell, and uh, hopefully uh, the NWA will do better with... Chris. Gonna be like his daddy.
6: Uh-huh. Uh, you just kinda cut out on me there for, for a second, so
5: Oh I'm sorry. Can you hear me yeah. now?
6: I got you now, so
5: yeah. Okay, so well, but the NW like I said, the NWA, hopefully they can make a comeback and uh I know the impact is impact is making a huge strive in the ratings. They're doing very well. Lucha is doing very well. I mean all the independent circuits are doing excellent and uh, the WWE stocks and all their ratings are flimsy. They're just not bringing it anymore. So let's see yeah. what happens with Impact and let's see what happens with the NWA. I really and I'll get a little... gonna... Uh huh.
6: Go ahead. Uh, just go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thoughts.
5: Well, I think that the NWA, now that they put the belt on Cody Rhodes, Cody will uh, try to boost up the NWA and hopefully his biggest thing right now that I see what Cody is trying to do, he wants to show Vince, I left for a reason, and now I'm showing you why.
6: And the Young Bucks are saying basically the same thing. I don't want to deal with you because of you don't let us have creative control, and you take more of the money than you deserve. So,
5: Yes, you are correct about that. So. Yeah. But it was fun today, uh, thank you all very much. Uh
6: Go ahead. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout-out to WGN America and their new show, 6 o'clock in Mountain Time. It is uh, 5 a.m. Pacific Time. I believe without my notes in front of me, it's called Ring Warriors. And uh, it's uh, Austin Aries is on there. Marty the Moth uh, is on there. A lot of really good people if you want to check that out. It's only a one-hour show, but very well Mm -hmm. done. Of course, there's a lot of different projects out there. Chris, thanks for joining us today.
5: Oh, it was great. Thanks very much. And now 4 o'clock is fixing to come, and I have got to get to work.
0: Turnbuckle Trash fans, you can stay in the ring with us by following us on Facebook and clicking that Like button on our Facebook page, Turnbuckle Trash. Or you can follow us on Twitter, at Turnbuckle Trash. And in case you got any comments, suggestions, or questions, you can email us at WPFpod at gmail.com. Again, that's WPFpod at gmail.com. Turnbuckle um,
3: Well thanks thanks for uh, the little little quick advertisement there, Dave. That was sure was nice of you to to put that together. Um, you know you spend a lot of time doing those little bits, don't you? They're fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's sure, <laughs> nice I love putting your, those sure things is nice of your nice of your boss at the radio station to let you talk about us
1: too. Oh yeah, it is it is nice. And I you know I work on two different radio stations uh cool 103.9 we have a link up available on our website for turnbuckle trash and i also uh, can talk about it on 95.9 klzx where i i talk more about uh, some of the local competitors uh, because i know that some of the people in war the wrestling association of the rockies some of them actually do listen to the radio station in the ogden area and also north salt lake and so they know who dr dave is but uh, yeah, we talk about our podcast quite often I, I, that. As long as the boss lets me, I'll go ahead I and do it. I know
3: Dr. Davis.
1: I am the Doctor of Raw.
3: Yes. Um, so, dude, um, I I don't watch a lot of Raw and SmackDown. I catch the clips and I catch the, you know, I was doing the whole Hulu thing, but I didn't like the way they were editing it, and I figured I'd rather subscribe to Motor Trend than Hulu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I canceled my Hulu subscription, and Motor Trend was the same amount a month. So, the Motor Trend's got roadkill, and that's a much better. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on the Motor Trend channel. Right.
1: Um,
3: but uh, I don't know if you happen to see, uh, Brie Bella. Uh So I guess it was a, it was a tag match, the, the Riot Squad, and versus. I don't even know who was in it. Do you even know who was in it?
1: I think it was I think it was both of the Bellas and um I'm trying to remember who the other competitor was. Maybe Natalie. Um, not sure. Okay, so it was but yeah, it was the riot squad uh, against uh, the Bellas and one other, so
3: So let's see. Um Well anyway, so so Bree in in uh yeah, it was the Bella Twins versus um, the the Raya squad and and Liv Morgan, and so so in there. Oh yeah, it was Natalie. You were right. So in there, Liv Morgan's taking a series of yes kicks, and and dude, I don't know if you if you haven't seen it yet, you've got to find the clip of it. Does that not look like that hurts like a son of a biscuit eating bulldog or what? So she's, so she's giving her, she's giving her the good old fashioned yes kicks and, and Liv Morgan's taking it like a champ. You know, she's got her arms up, she's kind of blocking them, but it's looking really good. And then I don't know if, if Brie gets a little carried away or if Liv slips a little forward, but she kicks her square right between the eyes and, and she knocks her the F out.
4: You got not the
3: Kaplemo Go
4: out, man. Kaplemo
3: And how she kicked out of the cover, that must have just been sheer muscle memory or or something or or instinct or whatever. And Bree gets her up and she's walking back to the corner and she falls down.
4: You got not the
3: Kaplemo Go out, man. Kaplimo! She rung her bell, man.
1: You got not the
3: Kaplimo! Go out, man. And, I mean, and you know, Brie. I guess did she she apologized via Twitter later on um, to to her, and she says every match on Raw is an opportunity for us to entertain our fans. Our intentions, at as WWE superstars, is to win the match, never injure our opponents. Thinking about Liv Morgan tonight. Yeah. Love Brie. Aww. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. man but that's scary, dude. Yeah,
1: she. It was scary. She. She could have been hurt a lot worse. Well, and, and the thing and is, like, like her concussion, the concussion yeah, protocol, the
3: concussion stuff. I mean, but I mean, she. She kicks her square, right in the freaking face, man. I mean,
1: not once, but yeah, twice. I mean, she,
3: she. Oh man. So yeah. Anyway, so that's that's something you gotta. You always gotta be. uh. I've Always got to be thinking about how dangerous it is to get in that ring, though. But boy, there's sure been a lot of stuff going on. I mean, uh, not just WWE, but um, man, that's so a week. What was it? So has it been three weeks ago that All In happened?
1: Yeah, and what a great oh my, show that gosh, was!
3: Gosh, you know, so, you know. So, so let me get let me tell you something real quick. Just real quick. Um, believe it or not, okay, there was criticism of All In. Um, lack of lack of storytelling, lack of build up, none of you know, and and it's like, so can they not just go out and have a decent match and it be okay? I mean, it's like people got to find something to whine about all the time, don't they? Uh, they said yes, that the whole, like the the Chris Jericho Kenny Omega thing was like, and there was one other match that kind of had some ROH build up, um, and like. That was, and everybody was like, "Oh, all the other matches were just dream matches, and and they didn't have any really build up to them, and any storytelling, and you know."
1: Wah, wah, wah. I'm
3: like, dude, there was some rock all that that Pentagon and Kenny Omega match, shoot, that, that was, was awesome. a great match. That was that was an awesome match. I mean, it was that was a very entertaining, very good. Very good quality match. And then Nick Aldis versus Cody. I mean, that was a – not only was it a good freaking match, but, like, it was so nostalgic to to see him win the same title that his freaking dad did. You know, it was like, it almost brings a tear to my eye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, I'll tell our, our listeners one more time that uh, if you want to watch some really good content – uh, from the NWA. It's not matches, it's kinda like uh, the behind the scenes and maybe they do interviews. V- little with vignettes competitors, but vignettes. Yes, little vignettes. Not to be confused with vignettes <laughs> that you get in New Orleans. But uh, vignettes, it's called Ten Pounds of Gold on YouTube. It's fascinating. Very, very well done. Billy Corgan is the executive producer and he does the music and of course you know he can do some music yeah. now. You know, he's pretty well, talented. You know, so the
4: world
3: is a vampire
1: Okay. That was a good tie in there. So, Maybe it's Billy Corgan's vampire. Yeah. But And you know, hey, they've recorded new music, yeah, too. They, He's got some new music out there, yes. too. But dude, that it was a that was a
3: you know, that just uh just proves the proves right there that that um there's some awesome awesome quality stuff out there besides the WWE fans, you
4: know.
1: Yeah, Yeah, there is. And by the way, Pro Wrestling Tees, I think you and I have both bought from Mm -hmm. that uh, company before. They were one of the big sponsors for All In. They sold over 20,000 products and made over a half a million bucks
3: that They said that they sold out of every single t-shirt they had. Uh Uh-huh. Isn't that great? Speaking of t shirt dude, um... In Vegas, I'm at the mall, it was the outlet mall on the south end of town, and I go to Hot Topic, and they had an AJ okay. Styles shirt. AJ Styles. It was the blue one that it has his logo on it, the phenomenal one, you know. Uh-huh. And it was twenty four bucks, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't want to spend twenty five It was like twenty four ninety nine. I don't want to spend twenty five dollars on a t shirt, you know. But I was like, oh, "All right," I talked myself into it, and I, I'm all like, you know, gonna take the old the old hit, you know, when I go up there to the cash register and prepare to lay down my card and they ring it up at twelve ninety nine. Awesome. So I got me an AJ Styles shirt. Now I have two.
1: <laughs> and you know, my wife, I, I told her a couple of weeks ago, I said, Hey, you need to get a wrestling T shirt. And she went to the WWE. They were having a sale. She got a Goldberg shirt. Oh, cool. So now my wife has, a – and she doesn't watch wrestling with me anymore. But she's just that cool, yeah, she's right? Cool. Yeah. And uh, then uh, talking about you know, our vacations and coming up with wrestling things, I I sent you a picture of me finding on the card a Luna Vachon and Sable WWF WrestleMania moment uh, action figures <laughs> and a one twenty four scale. Uh, Bill Goldberg, gold-plated, limited-edition car from the WCW days. And I, I got that in my collection now. I am so, so happy. Picked up a couple other figures, like uh I think I got uh Prince Albert and Al Snow, you know, with the melt me on his head. But was head.
3: Prince Albert in a can?
1: <laughs> oh, you like funny. You like funny. But I, I love going looking for yeah, stuff like you're, that. That's you're just good awesome. At it too. You find all the good yeah. deals. Oh, that was that was awesome, and that was in Hurricane, Utah of all places. Not Hurricane, Hurricane, Hurricane. Got to say, which is right outside of St. Like George, a little there. small got to say town. Say like
3: you're from there, Hurricane,
1: Hurricane, which is right next to Laveren. Um, so, speaking
3: by the way. of ind- independent promotions and things, um, that was a pretty cool. Little deal in Salt Lake this weekend that I, I wasn't able to go to. It was in um, our good our good old pal. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Matthew Robles, A.K.A. the MK Bandit, the one and only true right. heel, uh, was able to put together uh, some some cross promoting between Destiny Wrestling Organization and UCW Zero. And guess who was one of the main stars there? Tell me who. The new, the newest, the newly crowned. Lucha Underground Heavyweight Champion,
1: Marty, Marty the Moth Martinez. Isn't that great? Dude, that's cool. Dude, that's cool. I, that was cool. Did that you was. watch the, have, Martin you watch the match? Martin is such a great guy and a great Did you, know, awesome, you watch the match? I watched the one where he won the, uh, Gift, of the, the uh, Gift of the Gods title, but I haven't gotten to the one. I think they're going to play the one where he won the Lucha Underground title on Wednesday night, this week. And uh, so, but Marty, Martin, whatever you want to call him, he's been on the air with us a couple times on the podcast. Great guy. I was on a panel discussion with him at Salt Lake Comic Con about uh, professional wrestling.
0: Well, I was blessed, uh, really. I was one of the first guys contracting with Lucha Underground. Um, I actually worked with a guy named Eric Van and He's the executive producer of this whole thing of Lucha Underground. Um, but he worked on WWE Tough Enough with me. Oh, interesting. And um, he has some roots tied to Utah. And that was the whole thing where he kind of pushed out of all the thousands of applicants for me to get on Tough Enough, um, even though I'd never met him before. He just saw Utah Boy. He, he saw that I was just kind of weird. I, yeah. I liked Goof off a lot, so <laughs> he kind of pushed me again on there. As soon as that was over, I was filled up. I was working back on the independent scene, trying to get again even more out there. Um, he hit me up on Facebook saying, "Dude, uh, I'm being part of this thing. Um, we're in the very early development. Would you want to be part of it?" And I um, say, "Heck yeah!" And uh, of course, with a bu- with something like Gucci Underground, it doesn't take a day to get in. It takes months and months of planning and a lot of people with a lot of money. Um, so I hit him up every, like, six months. And said, hey, I'm still interested in this. And he's like, okay, sweet. And then uh, Lujanagao started, and then I started. So wow. um, I got really lucky just because uh, he knew that I was a goofball, something different on TV, but they just didn't quite know where to put me. Uh-huh. Um, so they wanted me on the roster, and it's worked out very well there for me.
1: And... You know what, I am just, I am so happy for the dude in the first place. And then you put the MK Bandit in there also. Uh, They're doing a documentary about him, uh, I think uh, Channel 4 out of Salt Lake City. I don't know if it's going to be a story about professional wrestling or if it's kind of featuring him and his success, but it it is ABC4 in Salt Lake City, and as soon as it's done, he's going to send me a link, and I'll make sure that we'll also put it on our Facebook page, guess, also our Twitter Guess who else freaking
3: too. showed up in Salt Lake? A Former NWA uh, champion, Nick Aldis, was there too.
1: Oh, man. You know, I got back from my vacation about 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I said, I am too tired to go back to Salt Lake. But right now, you tell me that. I wish I'd gone. Well, I know. Gone. I thought the same thing. I was like, why did I not go?
3: Because I didn't do anything Saturday. I just sat around the house all day and... You know, felt sorry for myself and stuff like that, but you know, uh, it seems to be ha- seems to happen to the best of us though.
1: But it's all good. I got yeah. my news done and happy life happy oh, life. Oh, I bet your wife like that it's too. Happy so happy life, happy life, right? Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you were noticing this around uh, the uh, September eleventh anniversary, but uh, Selena Vega. Uh, who is now on SmackDown Live? Uh, as she is like a, she's a performer, but she also plays a managerial role. She lost her father uh, on September eleventh; he was in one of the towers. And an incredible story. If you can check it out on YouTube or check it out uh, with the interview with Renee, uh, it'll bring a tear to your right? eye. Yeah, I mean, here is something she shared with her dad: a love of professional wrestling, and she's a smaller performer, and uh, she becomes a professional wrestler and she's doing great. And then to have her be able to perform on September the 11th itself, mm-hmm. uh, on SmackDown live, it had to be a great, great uh, time for her. But if you get a chance to see that it is, uh, really, really touching. Uh, and speaking of, uh, Selena Vega, she's going to be in the movie, uh, uh, fighting with my family. That's that show about Paige. Mm-hmm. as she's going to be part of that. And also part of that movie is, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's daughter, uh, Simone, I think is her name, and she reportedly has been working out in Florida, might become a performer pretty soon. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is cool. And uh, Daniel Bryan has officially signed his uh, new contract with the WWE, and no word on how long it will be, but uh, he will be with the WWE for a while. There have been a lot of talk about him possibly moving on uh, to some of the smaller promotions, maybe going back to ROH where he had some great success yeah. too. But he will be with the WWE. I imagine they had to put a little money out there saying, you know, we'll we'll keep uh, uh, the total Bellas on for a while too. So I'm sure there was a little bit of money exchange mm-hmm. there. And prior to Hell in the Cell, uh, Roman Reigns appeared on uh, the ESPN game day show where they do before uh, college football on Saturdays. Mm because Roman played at Georgia Tech, and he was making picks on that. So that's that's pretty cool, too. But uh, we're getting ready for uh, the Super Showdown. That's coming up on October the 6th, 2 a.m. Mountain Time, on Saturday, October the 6th, our time. So I think I'll be watching it on tape delay. Wow. So, And I also want to uh, put uh, some uh, congrats out there to another friend of the program. We talked about uh, – uh, the MK Bandit. We've talked about Martin winning the, the Lucha Underground uh, title. But another local performer uh, that has done a lot of stuff in the West, Super Destroyer, the Super Destroyer, I met a few years ago at Salt Lake Comic Con. He's a masked competitor, and I know his name. I know who he is. I'm not going to do that. We're, I'm not going to break his cape tape. But he was inducted into a Utah Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame over the weekend. You could not ask for a nicer gentleman who works outside of the ring with kids with special needs and have been through some very rough times where they've been abused. So, uh, Super D, very much deserved. You are an incredible, incredible man, and my hats are off to mm-hmm. you. So, a, lot of a lot of stuff going on, uh, man.
3: Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is.
3: Well, well man, it's been um, it's been an awesome show. It's been a long show. Um, Lost. Lots, to, uh, lots, to, lots to go. Lots, lots happening. Lots has been happening. We got to get ca- caught up, and we got to do this more often. But hey, yes. you know, it is as always. It's just a wonderful time talking to
1: you. Oh man, it's always fun, isn't it? You no, know, and and I could honestly, I
3: could not. I mean, I could talk to you about professional wrestling all day for hours, any day.
1: Uh huh. So, yeah. Can I can I go back real quickly to Marty the Moth, Martin Casals, Salt Lake Comic Con two years ago when we were both on a panel discussion along with our friend Trent Hunsaker and also uh, uh, Tom was there too, all on the panel about professional wrestling. After our panel discussion, uh, Martin and I were in the hallway talking, and I think we talked for over an hour just talking, and he made the same comment. I could talk professional wrestling all day long. So, that is incredible.
3: Good job, Dave. You always do good work with those. I don't know. Your interviewing skills are just always been good. You always know how to ask the right questions. I don't know how you do that.
1: Uh, it's called being in the business for a long time. Oh, man. wait, <laughs> at, wait at, be <laughs> a Be talking about it, Dave. Well, you know what? When you're as good well, as I am, And you're as good-looking as I am. And you are the women's pet, the men's regret.
3: And you even wrote this song on a piano just for you. (laughs) There's nothing Dan can do. You're so
1: vain. I probably think this song is about me. Uh, To to quote Krusty the Clown on Simpsons, I am the wind beneath your wings.
3: You are, Dave. You are, (laughs) <laughs> You're even going to write a song on the piano just for me, because you can't do. Yeah. So, well, thanks, Dave. Uh, uh, as always, have a have a wonderful, wonderful week. You know, don't let the man get you down. Don't take any wooden nickels, you know, all those things like that.
1: Don't let the bedbugs bite. It's not that time yet, Dave. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. You know why you don't take any wooden nickels? Yeah. You Why? Might get slivers in your fingers.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. And On that wonderful term, we'll close it out.
0: <laughs> hey, thanks, buddy. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Those guys look big and mean. I think they want to hurt us. What do you call that a flying springboard knee to the face? Oh, that works. I like to hurt people. Pretending to wrestle is the most
4: fun in the whole world.
1: The thoughts and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent human being. If you don't agree with them, get your own dang pod, Dummy!
4: Yeah. yeah!
1: Thanks for listening, and in the immortal words of Ric Flair...
5: Woo! The bread aisle in Walmart and all the rest and all the other grocery stores were completely wiped out, and milked too, and let it make French toast
2: that day. Let's just be honest with I couldn't imagine having a screwdriver shoved in your earlobe and turned three or four times
6: <laughs> but it hurt me just looking at it <laughs> almost brings a
5: tear to my eye I said, what are you gonna do with all that water and she just flushed it even oh
3: how oh, did she pull that gut wrench
4: simplex off with those ribs
1: you know it's just like <laughs> oh. agreed oh that was great you did very good that time oh, let me shake your hand oh why can't one be bad and one be bad or... almost brings a tear to my eye can I just go up and touch yeah. it and, and roll in it? <laughs> <laughs> in my naked body all over <laughs> it. Does
5: Stephanie McMahon have something with red? I mean, they have this obsession with red. Man, she, she rung her bell though. I
0: mean, you got knocked the...
3: out,
0: man. Kaplamo! I mean,
5: the bell's gotta be red, the ring's gotta be red. Hey,
0: let's make the bell red. I mean, come on, really?
6: But both <laughs> of them jump as
4: like the Looked at each other and said, Okay, let's jump.